When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is June 21st, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And today's episode, Connor and I tackled some bigger, evergreeny kind of topics. Uh, topics that, you know, are never really go out of style in a sense. We covered whether or not the Bruins will trade into the first round in the 2022 draft, which is coming up very soon. Uh, we get into a latest survey from The Athletic. You know, I'm not really surprised that you guys aren't too happy with the Bruins right now. Uh, and then we get into what the Bruins can learn from the lightning and the avalanche. Cause I think there's a lot there past even surface level stuff. I think there's a ton of stuff there uh, that the Bruins can learn from and try to duplicate if they would like to have some su- success as always Bruins beat is brought to you by our good friends over at bet online. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Back to doing well, which is good. We're recording this actually, for those who don't know, we're recording this on Friday because I'm going on vacation uh, this upcoming week. So uh, this is early, but it's all evergreen topics. It's all stuff that's relevant and important. Um, I won't mention what happened Thursday night because people... Nothing happened Thursday night, actually. I don't know why I'm saying that. They didn't even play game six. They just didn't play game six at all. I don't, know, I don't even know what's what you're talking about, Evan. So, uh, yeah, Let's exactly. Move on. We, exactly. Move on. Just, we move on. We move on to other things. Um, so one question I keep going back to uh, with this Bruins team, because we talk about and we've mentioned this uh, in the in the past couple episodes is, you know, the 2023 NHL draft. But what about the 2022 NHL draft? What about the one that's happening this year? And. The Bruins do not have a first round pick. They gave it up in the Hampus Lindholm trade. And, you know, an interesting thing is the retool, right? We kind of keep looking at that. You know, they're going to retool on the fly. And now this draft is not known for being particularly incredible. Uh, You know, Shane Wright, I feel like if a year or two ago, it was like he was the presumptive number one guy. Now it's kind of every expert has their own number one overall pick. So it's, you know, again, the Bruins are not getting a pick in that, you know, top five this year, obviously, but uh, you know, it's not as great a draft as the 2023 draft uh, looks to be, but there are ways if the Bruins did really want to get in this first round, which I, I don't know if I see them doing, but I do think there are options. Now I think it'd be better if you save these guys for 2023 uh, NHL draft uh, first round picks, but there are two guys I look at who say, okay, they could potentially get you first round picks in this draft. Taylor Hall's an obvious one. I say, leave him till 2023, 
But an interesting one is DeBrusque. If they decide to trade, uh, even if he's rescinded his request, which we don't really know yet, but if they do trade him now, I think it would take a package deal to get a first. Um, but do you think that there's a chance that a guy like DeBrusque could be used for a first? Yeah, I think there's a possibility for it. And I think, as you said, uh, it could be something that's in a package, whether you loop in another, I don't know, like a guy like a, a Clifton or something like that, or some other useful NHL piece. Maybe that pushes him over the top. Because I think if you were to move DeBrusque, maybe just for what his value is now. And again, his value has shot up quite a bit since he really kind of um, lived up to his end of the bog and the way he played down that final stretch of the season. Um, he could give you, you know, maybe two second round picks, maybe if it's a team that desperately needs. And again, I think he's still a hot commodity. He's a guy that's signed to an affordable contract. And if he's playing to his potential, he's going to give you 25 plus goals a season. Like we've talked about this all season. It feels like that DeBrus goes anywhere else. You can pencil in for 30 goals. It just feels like it's inevitable. So I think a lot of teams will be very interested in trying to acquire him. If you're putting him out there, it's all about just, how desperate a team's going to be because I could see maybe a team if they're desperate enough, if they think that uh, DeBrusque is kind of the missing piece to the equation, if it's a team that needs to put itself over the top, maybe then you give up a, a low twenties first round pick or something like that. But um, at the very least though, uh, DeBrusque can be the center of some sort of package that can get you a, a, a low first round pick or something like that, which again, as you said, Maybe you want to hold off for 2023, which I also feel like a lot of other teams know how good the 2020, 2023 draft is looking like. So might be less hesitant to do that. But even if the Bruins can somehow get into this first round, yeah, it may not be the deepest draft, but first round talent is first round talent. And you're not going to be picking uh, in the first or second for a couple of years now. You got your 2023 first, but not a lot of seconds either with the Lindholm deal. So anyway, you can kind of get back into the mix here. Uh, it would be a smart move because if you really want to start not even a full-blown rebuild, but just a, a, a retool and adding more young talent to the organization, got to recoup some draft capital fast because you can't just be like, all right, we're rebuilding in 2024 and just sort of chugging <laughs> along kind of being stuck in this no man's land. Cause you don't have, you know, kind of the, the jet fuel needed to get you kind of off the ground. Yeah. And again, if you trade to brusque, as you kind of mentioned, you're not getting a top 10 pick, you'd get yeah. a low, first round pick who probably is not coming in and helping you immediately. So that kind of does signal some sort of rebuild or retool. The other thing is like, you really only do that to bolster your prospects. You do that to bolster the farm system. You don't, as I said, you don't do that to make your team better in the now at all. Um, I also kind of look at a guy like DeBrusque and say, you know, he kind of has value to your team a little bit. Like as we saw last year, he was hot down the stretch with a new coach. Is he better? He's kind of always the guy that people point to with Cassidy and are kind of like, you know, that's a guy who would probably benefit from a new coach. So maybe this, they roll the dice with a guy like him and say, you know what, we're going to bring him back, put him in the top six uh, and see what happens. Or maybe not the top six, but maybe the third line. So you, you figure that out, I guess. And again, he's going to definitely get reps if they keep him around, given those injuries to Marshan um, early on. So he will get some reps. So will uh, a lot of younger players, by the way. Uh, but it's funny, Connor, because even with, whether they trade DeBrusque or not, the athletic put out a Bruins fan survey and you're gonna be shocked to hear people were not too pleased with the Boston Bruins. What? Isn't that crazy? People were shitting me. People were not confident in this team. I was, I was kind of shocked. 
uh, in a sense. I, I was I was blown away when I read these uh, results. So uh, it was of 2,500 subscribers. So again, it's a small sample size, but still I think it represents how people feel, at least from what I'm seeing. Um, a, an interesting one was Arneely and Sweeney the right executives to lead the Bruins. Uh, no, got a good 91.4%. Only 8.6% of respondents said yes. That's interesting. I thought the yes would be smaller. <laughs> Who are these 8.6% of people? It's just, it just Sweeney's spam accounting. He's got a whole <laughs> bunch of bots working for him. Um, even lower was, is the organization headed in the right direction? Uh, no, got a 92.2. And yes, got a 7.8%. Um, and then obviously could the Bruins have won the cup in 2021, 29.8% of people said no. Uh, well, the Bruins, this, a, this might be the best one. Will the Bruins win the cup in 2022, 23? No, 98.1%. Uh, that's pretty steep. They're pretty it's steep. Not great, Evan. Not great. Not great. I do. I do think though, fans have a point. Fans have a point. I mean, I don't see the immediate success. I don't believe that Neely and Sweeney are the right people to lead the charge, uh, as they try to rebuild and retool for the future. Another interesting thing of the following potential candidates, who would you prefer to see as the next Bruins head coach? Uh, fifth, almost 50% of respondents said Jay Leach. Interesting. Interesting. Considering the Athletic also reported on Friday, right before we recorded this, that David Quinn is the uh, favorite as of right now. The other thing is David Quinn got 15.1% of the vote. This is also fans, by the way. Fans don't run the yes. team. But it's interesting to see what the fans think. Uh, Tortorella was fourth. Tortorella is now a Philadelphia Flyer. Which should be, off in gritty land. <laughs> off in gritty land, which should be perfect. for. What do you think of that? What do you think of Torts and Philly? I feel like I, I still think that team's kind of just, you know, floating in the wind. But also you kind of look at his track record. And as much as I think he's got the reputation that everyone knows about Tortorella, it seems like he does get a lot out of veteran guys that want to buy in. Uh, you know, Cam Atkinson has kind of raved about him many times before and how much if you get a team that buys in that they can adhere to his style of play it could work so i mean that's a team that doesn't seem like they want to rebuild it's kind of like well we signed all these veteran guys we traded drew but we still got couturier and hayes and all these guys connecting he's kind of in that age where you're not looking to like completely rebuild or anything like that so maybe it's just you stick with a guy like Torella and you hope the buy-in works and it Spocks you along like it's not really a, a good long term vision for this Flyers team that again seems like they're kind of improving on the fly, which is not what we should be doing as a franchise as a heads up to the Bruins. Yeah, don't do um, that. So maybe it works, but at the very least, the content Evan will be fantastic. It will be yeah, a one, a one. Imagine covering that team, just the the flow. There is like a, a sixty. It's like a 65% chance Tortorella like ruins Carter Hart. There's a small, a big chance that might happen. Uh, even though Carter Hart's not already ruined uh, just from being in Philadelphia, you get, add Tortorella to the mix and suddenly you got the fans, you got Tortorella on you. That should be very interesting to watch. Um, wonder, I don't think Claude Giroux will be heading back there. That would be my, don't, uh, my don't believe so. Don't believe so. Make a don't guess, believe though. so. Safe bet. Safe bet that he will not be heading back there. But we're talking about really safe bets. Our good friends at bet online, our partners, at Bet Online, continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Stanley Cup final, which we will actually get to in a little bit here, how it relates to the Bruins. Uh, but Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's NFL futures, as well as NHL futures, as well as NHL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your betting, uh, sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. 
head to the website or use our mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Again, promo code CLNS50 for that 50% cash back on the first deposit. Bet online where the game stats. Where the game stats. stats. Judging stats. judging uh, by how the Bruins coaching search is headed, it doesn't look like we'll get to say the Rick bonus, uh, 50% Rick bonus next year. We won't get to do that, unfortunately. Might as well say it now. Just get it out, get out of the system, Evan. Get it out of the system now. Uh, an interesting thing from our friends over there, Odds have been released for the 2023 Stanley Cup, which is always great. An early, early look at uh, where the Bruins rank. And the Bruins have the 11th best odds. They're above Calgary. Uh, They're above some other notable teams. Obviously, the teams ahead of them don't really surprise anybody. Vegas is ahead, by the way. Vegas is ahead of them. Um, After the Bruins, you have the Flames, you have the Penguins, the Stars, the Kings, the Islanders, the Capitals, Predators, and then everybody else just kind of stinks. Um, I think they should be a little lower. I would put the flames above them. I would put, uh, the penguins are debatable because you don't know what the future of Malkin is and they always have injury issues, but it, I, I, the Bruins 11th feels high for them. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I think it feels a little bit high in terms of just what the what can go wrong with this team. And you look that, of course, every team goes into a season with expectations and injuries happen, all those things. Injuries are happening right now for this Bruins team. Like, they're already going to be in a hole. Uh, and you look at just not only the fact that even if, let's say, like Bergeron and Krejci were coming back and that was known before this offseason even began, like, let's say we, like, turn the clock back uh, a, a few years, you'd still be like – there's going to be some tough sledding for this team because of just the amount of key cogs that are going to be out of the lineup for the first two months of the year. Um, so you look at that, you look at the fact you've got a new coach in place, new system that you have to implement, the need for younger players to kind of learn and, and, and roll with the punches and kind of hit those bumps in the road that come with playing in the NHL. Um, yeah, it's who knows? Maybe they can go on a, a second half run. I don't think that's likely, but I think you just look at the writing on the wall and just how the season should map out in terms of the the uphill climb they already have to kind of get through yeah i put them probably a little bit further down because it just seems like they already have so much working against them and again it's not like the organization has it definitely said they're steering them towards like a, a running it back like the organization might see this opportunity and steer into the fact they've got tough sledding ahead so i i wouldn't buy too much into them being a uh a prime time contender. Love to be wrong. I love to. We can play this audio back in uh, June of 2023 and laugh about it. But all things considered, uh, I'm a little bit skeptical of it. A little skeptical. If I had to pick a, if I had to make a good pick out of this though, I feel like the Kings at 33 to one, kind of in the middle. Not a terrible. If you want to go like bold, that's not a terrible bold pick. That you know, Philip Deneau, They've got a. You know, they're still kind of winning. They're still kicking around. Um, Every time you look away from the camera, I'm always afraid that like big breaking news just happened that I, you know, that I'm missing no big breaking news. Okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, I, the, the, the golden Knights would be a fun bet to put on, on Bruce Cassidy, the Bruce Cassidy revenge the tour. Easy bet. Uh, by the way, did you see the video of him speaking to the, the kids? Oh, it was you who quote tweeted it and said, uh, see Bruce Cassidy can speak to younger players. And it was a hell of a speech. Herb Brooks esque, so to speak. Roof is uh, in the pudding. They have video evidence of it right away. Jake DeBrusque is watching, just like punching the air. Like these kids are going to get playing time over me. Um, anyways, anyways, um, speaking of teams that are going deep, the Stanley Cup is happening 
as we speak. And it's a terrific Stanley Cup. Avs Lightning, it is uh, amazing to watch. At least it has been through one game. <laughs> and I assume that it will continue to be good. Uh, but it's always fun to do the whole, what can the what can teams learn from these uh, winners? Because both these guys, these teams are not there by luck. They are there because it's been a long time coming, building obviously lightning and one, two straight. Um, and I think there's takeaways from both. I think on the abs side, you know, they have high picks, great depth, uh, very dynamic. That's more of a kind of take their system, so to speak. Uh, not take it, but kind of replicate from it. But the lightning, I think, are more applicable. And the Lightning represented team, and this has been the case for a long time, of what the Bruins would like to be. Good at drafting. <laughs> Good at drafting. You look, Braden Point, Ross Colton, Anthony Sorelli, Andre Pilat. None of those guys are, you know, first-round picks. And there's more. There's more on that roster. You can look at the third and fourth lines. Um, you can look all over the roster. And again, like Vasilevsky was a first-round pick. But still, I mean, you look at the roster and you go, that's a team that drafted well. Yeah, no, it's it's that. And even if we want to talk about Colorado, of course, you can look at the avalanche and be like, well, yeah, you just got to draft, you know, a generational center and a generational defenseman. You get to go. It helps quite a bit. It does. Like you watch come car, like, oh, yeah, I could see why a lot of teams would like that guy. But I, I think you look at, as you said, Tampa and the way they draft and the way that they can, again, relinquish those first round picks to put themselves over the top. I mean, how many times have we seen it, whether it's Blake Coleman, whether it's Barclay Goudreau, Nick Paul, uh, you know, Brendan Hagel, all these guys mm. that you can sacrifice that first round talent because you've got the scouting department uh, and the, you know, the organization in place that you can identify talent in the second, third, fourth round. Not to say that every time you're going to draft a Braden point or Nikita Kucherov, but even you look at, uh, you know, guy like Ross Colton, who I think was a fourth round pick. Like that's a guy that Vermont. Yes. That's a guy that, you know, scored, I think it was what the game winning goal, uh, a, a series clinching goal, I think against Montreal. I want to say that was a, a Bruins player. It was like Denton Heinen. People would be celebrating Denton Heinen in the streets. You'd never have to buy a drink like over at the hop. But again, it, it's one of those things where, you know, they just identify talent all across the board. And when you've got a strong, uh, scouting department uh, and an established organization, you can give up those first round picks to, you know, get you that town that puts you uh, in a position to, you know, get you over the top over a, a playoff series. I mean, even look at like Colorado, uh, the fact that, you know, you look at Joe Sackick and what he's done there, whether it's trading for a guy like Devontae's who was uh, in kind of a cap issue there with the Islanders, taking advantage of that. Look at like Shuskin, who was a guy that they signed for pretty cheap and they identified him because, you know, he was an analytics darling. You know, it's one of those guys where it's like, hey, this guy, you put him in a, a set role, does pretty well. And I mean, he's almost as fun to watch as some of these other offensively talented guys because he's like a relentless forechecker. That guy's he reminds always on me the a little of He reminds me of like Andre Kasha could have been or should have been had he not had concussion issues. Yeah, exactly. Analytics so style. you have those guys. Yeah. And again, you even look at like Lekin and how that obviously paid off for them in game one. If you put yourself in the position and you get these guys that whether it's drafting a little bit lower uh, down in the draft order or acquiring these, you know, low cost guys that end up blossoming, it's so many gears have to work in the right direction. But uh, you look at the Bruins and yeah, they've got strengths, right? They've had an established core. They're good at resigning their own guys. But when you look at identifying that talent uh, and working with kind of the cap constraints and the other issues that you have to kind of deal with when you're a contender, uh, you look at what Tampa's done, you look at what Colorado's done and why they're 
one, have already won before and why Colorado, especially, is probably going to be here for a while. It's all those things working in tandem. And the Bruins are like a, it's like a, an engine, like a V8 that's, I got like the belt not working, right? Like it's something, it's slightly off. Not everything's firing on all cylinders. And you're kind of seeing that with the way this team is. They've gotten close. They've got a lot that they've had to work with that they, that have, they've thrived off of, but not all there. You mentioning when you're talking about the abs, it reminded me of the Patriots, low cost guys drafting lower. And, and by the way, uh, the lightning, I, if memory serves, they did give up a first round pick in the Ryan McDonough, JT Miller trade. Correct. Yes. I believe so. Yeah. Another trade that worked, worked out, out well, pretty well, giving up a first. Yeah. Like again, it's deals like that that just seem to work for them. And again, they have a good scouting department and they, you know, you, you look at that and you, that's a model. And again, sucks for the Bruins. That's in their own division. <laughs> like that's, that is a team that is going to be uh, battling them uh, for quite a while. And they don't, and by the way, the lightning don't look like they're going to fall off anytime soon. Um, unless one, unless like a Kucherov deal or a McDonough deal just starts to stink and you can't, sign anybody else, but they always find a way with LTIR and such uh, that that shouldn't be um, too big of an issue. Um, the Shea Weber trade, before we leave, the Shea Weber trade for Evgeny Dadanoff. Uh, did you see anything interesting with that? I love that that was Bruce Cassidy's first edition. Guy that you're probably going to put on LTIR who'll never play again. Yeah, have yeah. fun with this, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's also one of those things where it's teams that are already looking at a, a tough cap situation and trying to work with kind of the constraints that they had. And again, it's what you kind of talk about with Colorado or, or Tampa in terms of kind of working with what you're dealt with. And again, not to say that all teams are going to follow Tampa strategy. You saw Vegas try to do it last year. Where it's like, well, Mark Stone, will be back for the playoffs. It's like we're not even making the playoffs. Like it's, that's one of those things where it can be dangerous to kind of play that game. But yeah, as you're seeing with Vegas, uh, their team that's, trying to clear cap space, trying to get that flexibility. And again, Bruce Cassidy's not going there because he likes going to see freaking Siegfried and Roy. I don't think they're, I think Roy's dead. I don't think, I don't think Siegfried and Roy's even there. He's not there to enjoy the Vegas nightlife. He's there to win. Like Penn, what Penn you talked about all this time. Yeah, exactly. Penn and Teller, uh, RIP Roy or Siegfried, yeah. whichever the hell one it is, <laughs> but he's, he's going there to win. And you look at the way that Vegas team is constructed and kind of the window they've built for themselves. It's a team that, expects to be at the very least in the Western conference final. And if they're making moves like this, where they're trying to get that flexibility of, you know, that LTIR leverage or what have you makes sense. And that's, again, the reason why they're not a rebuilding team like Detroit. And you know what? It's probably going to do pretty well over there. Probably will probably freaking will. Uh, Connor, before you head out, uh, what can people look forward to from you over Boston sports journal? Yeah, we'll have uh, again, daily coverage throughout the summer. Summer in terms of the Bruins coaching search, in terms of trades, free agency, the drafts coming up pretty quickly. Um, all that good stuff will be over at BSHA. So please subscribe at bostonsportshow.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that for CLNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky, Bruins Beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.